welcome to More Than Myths. just says episode 19. Oh, that's what I, that's what I wrote. It's not episode 19. It's but not episode 19. No, that's just, I've decided you're going to get that whenever you're going to get. All right. Here's the deal. Corinne posted our episode and I blindly trusted her and was like, absolutely. This is episode 20. It's fine. Someday you might get an episode 20. Who knows? It might just be lost forever. Episode 19 might be oh lost Oh, my God. Forever. Episode 19 might be – I might be lost forever. <laughs> yeah, same girl. I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I had three text messages from various listeners this morning who were like, hello, where's episode, where's episode 19? 19? Don't and worry about like, it. It's lost. Don't worry about it. You'll get it someday in the future. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's totally fine. Hello. Welcome to More Than Myths. We are a podcast for the curious. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we get together and talk about some crazy stuff. First things first. Yeah. I actually am trying to like be an adult and take notes of stuff that we need to talk about before we get into our episode. Okay. We Proud of you. Ha- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give a big freaking shout out to bullhorn.fm. Oh, we got to do it because oh. Corinne was texting me. I was at work. And I couldn't really look at my phone and I kept getting text messages. And then my husband texted me and I was like, I don't know what is happening. So we went to lunch and I looked at my phone and (laughs) it was just bananas. There was an entire article, like a little blurby written about our podcast, our show. And it was, it I don't know how I we don't know how they I don't know how they found us or you oh, know, I follow I mean, them on Inst- or I follow so Corinne, them on Twitter. Corinne follows like, them on Twitter. And if you talk just, to us on Twitter, you're talking to me probably. 100% you're talking to Corinne. <laughs> and usually on Instagram too. So it's a, yeah, it's usually Corinne. Most of the social media interactions is with Corinne unless it's, you know, later and then I'll be like, oh, hey, you know. Anyway, yeah. it was a whole thing. And we are so grateful and honored that yeah. they chose us to be podcast of the week. It knocked our socks off. It was oh, just we were just, <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. so when Haley and I started this, we were like, let's like it's a hobby. It's something we do for fun. It's just for we fun. love we love talking. We love talking about mythology and spooky things. And we're like, we should just record this. Essentially is how it all went down. Not really, but you know, that's another story yeah. for you back know. in episode one. I think we talk about it. Um <laughs> yeah. But it was just like we never expected to have like people who came in every week and listened and participated and interacted. Different, like so the fact that somebody wrote an article about our show and we got named podcast of the week, we, they featured us for the whole week, um, like the 17th of January. And so it was just wild and yeah. so cool. <laughs> Yeah, we record our episodes just a little bit in advance because sometimes life happens. And so um, this just happened for us this last week. So I know it's a little bit late, um, but we did want to just say thank you so much to everybody, especially thank you to um, Bullhorn.fm for the shout out. I mean, it's a big deal. Whoa. So kind. Yeah, so kind. 
you got me right in the feels a little bit. I got a little choked up in my car and Corinne just kind of watched me and I was like, I'm overwhelmed. We didn't cry. Okay. (laughs) We might have cried. We might have cried. A little. (laughs) little But that's fine. It's fine. I'm a big boob. So Uh, let's see. So last episode. Oh, wait. Do you want to talk? Do you want to? Yeah. What's going on in your life? How are you? Are you reading anything? Because usually we talk about what books we're reading. Uh, that was well, the only thing I really wanted to go over. Just that. yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, huge. I'm sure we can also share that link on our website too. Absolutely, we can. So people can check it out. I think we'll yeah. probably save it in our favorites and look at it periodically for the rest of our lives. So probably, 100%. Like, oh, look at this! I love it. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm on the second book of A Quarter of Thorns and Roses right now. I think the last time we talked on the podcast. Before Uncle Brandon, I was like, oh, I want to go to a bookstore. I went to a bookstore that day. <laughs> and it was awesome. Nice. And I only bought three books. Good job. It was, was that restraining or could you only just find three books? I was I set yourself was a with limit. my husband and he was not in the like, let's spend an hour and a half sure. in the bookstore mood. So yeah. I was like, get as many as you possibly can in a reasonable Quick. amount of time. So I picked up a song of Achilles, which I've heard is amazing from you and quite a few book accounts. And I picked up a book called Cackle, which was in their horror section. And it's like Mm -hmm. about a witch. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. And then I picked up Red, White, and Royal Blue. And the premise of that one is like the first son of the American president, who's a woman, falls in love with the Prince of England. Oh. And it's like a romance novel between them too and so i was like okay let's it's gotten a lot of good reviews good reviews i've seen that one on instagram book books. yeah insta books wow Uh, but yeah so but currently on the second nice book it's just almost done with it it's i'm almost wow you are blazing through this one yeah i can nice slow down no you got to get to where your book buddies are. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what are you reading? What are you re- – what's up with you? I am current. – let's see. Well, I finished that series. Um, mm-hmm. And then I read a book called Slewfoot, mm-hmm. which is – I can't recommend it enough. Ten out of two stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's about it's uh, set in 1666 it's uh, about a woman that comes from England and she is given to a man in the community to marry and he's the Puritan it's a Puritan community mm-hmm. and she has a really hard time kind of like bending to how women were supposed to behave and ew. she meets ew, yeah ew, is right but she meets a creature Ooh. and it's their story. It's so good. It's full of witchcraft. It's it's called Slufa, a tale of bewitchery. It's so Ooh. good. It's by Brom. It's so good. I can't recommend it enough. And then I started on the betrayal of Anne Frank, a cold case a cold case investigation. Oh. So yeah, I never I mean, I don't know why I didn't like of course they were betrayed, you know, like Right. They were in the annex for 25 months and nobody right. 
nobody knew they were there. I mean, they had a small group of people that were helping them like get food and they had the workers there and stuff, you know, that were helping them. But so somebody betrayed them and this cold case team is on it. They're figuring it out. So I saw this at Costco and I had to get it because I wanted to know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I'm reading. Awesome. It's really good. Also sad, but really interesting. It has a lot of really, there's a lot of stuff in here that's really upsetting. I've had to shut the book a couple times and put it away because really? no. it's just, yeah, it's so How often awful. do you read something? How often are you reading multiple books at once? Or are you like a page usually, front to back? Usually okay. I'm reading a couple things at the same time. Okay. Um, so you can like change your flavor? You're like, oh, no, I'm just – I need something lighter. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And sometimes I'll start reading a book and it's too much or I'm just not into it. So I'll just put a bookmark in it and put it back on the shelf. Yeah. But I still have it marked as being read. Yeah, I still have it marked as being read in, like, my Goodreads so that I can keep track of what I am reading. But, yeah, that's usually how that goes. Ready for some stories? I don't know who's going to go first because last time was your birthday episode. Yeah. So if you want to go first. Yeah. Our, do it what what's your what are you is your I'm name an, on this recording thing an indication of it yeah or is that last time no this is this time are you gonna finish i am gonna finish <gasps> okay you go first then okay <laughs> yeah i'm gonna tell you the last oh my gosh it's still really long this story is a long one i'm gonna tell you the remainder of the tragic love story of tristan and Isolde. Because okay. you wanted it, and so this is what you get. I did want it. You asked for it, you got it. I Yeah, no, I was like, all week. <laughs> all week. Let me tell you. I was like, I wonder what happens in that love story. Thinking it mm-hmm. was my book. Like, thinking oh, I was reading a book about it. And I was like, I was like, where is that? Where are they going with that? Where the, what happened after they went into the what forest? What happened with that? And I was like, fuck. This is the podcast, and Haley left me <laughs> with no and answers, and <laughs> I need to know what happens. So, well, I'm here I just to deliver. That I needed to know more, so I'm ready. Pretty. You're ready. All right, all right. We'll snuggle in because it's a little long, but it's a great one. It's great. It's oh my gosh, Worth I it. didn't know the whole story. I didn't know, and it's oh geez. All right. So the last time we were with Tristan and a soul, Tristan had leapt off the cliff. He was caught on a breeze by his cloak. He was able to rescue a soul um, who had been taken to the king to face trial. And she was sentenced to live with a colony of lepers. Yep. All right. So they run off into the woods and it's the woods of Morose, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, they hunt animals and pick berries and they live a really simple, happy life. So... One day, they are out in the woods, and they stumble on the house of this guy named Ogren, and he tells them that the king has put a reward on Tristan's head of 100 marks, and he wants him dead or alive. Ooh. Yeah. So the guy tells Tristan, he's like, you need to do penance, and Tristan's like, for what? I have done nothing wrong. Like, what crime did we commit? Do you know what happened to us when we were at sea? I mean, this was not, like, we didn't do this on purpose. And I, we both drink this potion and I would rather beg my whole life and eat squirrels and berries with a sold than be without her and be a king in this really wealthy country. Like he would die without her. 
Right. So the summer passes, winter comes, goes, and then spring comes again. And Tristan and Isolde build this little tiny hut, and they are just so happy. Mm-hmm. But one day there's a hunt, and one of the barons, those awful barons, Ugh, chases his barons. I know, they're such assholes. He chases his dog into the woods who's chasing a deer. Gormnall stumbles upon this guy and he sees the baron and he knows that Tristan hates this guy. Like he hates him more than any of the other barons. Mm-hmm. And so as he's passing him, Gormnall leaps out of the bushes and like pulls this guy off of his horse. And he's remembering all of the awful things that he's done to this, that he's done to his master Tristan. So he pulls him from his horse and he hacks up his head <gasps> and he, yeah. And he leaves. He just takes his head and he like walks into the, he just leaves with it. Wow. So all the other hunters are trying to find this baron. And when they do, they come across his headless body. And they decide that it was Tristan that chopped his head off. And they get all freaked out and they leave. Um, Gormnall goes back to Tristan in a soul's hut and they're taking a nap. And he, (laughs) I don't know why he does this, but he hangs the head up by its hair. And he, like, puts leaves around it and stuff. Like, I don't know why you would do that. But anyway, this is what he does. And Tristan wakes up and he's like, what in the fresh hell is this? What? He's <laughs> like, don't worry about it. It's fine. He's dead. I hacked up his head. He's <laughs> like, look, master, I brought you a head. I brought you a present. Yeah. That's yeah, incredibly like incriminating. <laughs> incredibly yeah so but now because of this because of what he did nobody's brave enough to enter the woods so tristan and us are safe for a little bit oh that's good so one day um you know time time's going by weeks are going by and tristan is out in the woods it's summer it's hot and muggy and he comes back a while later and he's just hot exhausted he hasn't found anything so they decide to take a nap there's a lot of napping in the story. So much napping. So much napping. And he, uh, here we are with this. I don't know what this means. So he puts his sword between them again as they're taking a nap. I don't, I, I'm assuming that maybe it means that they don't sleep together. I, I'm not sure. Um. So as they're sleeping, there's a woodsman that actually mm-hmm. stumbles upon their hut and he peeks inside and he realizes who it is. Oh, boy. So, yep. He runs to Tintagel. Tintagel, Tintagel, I think is how it's pronounced. I think I was pronouncing it wrong last time. Tintagel Castle. And he tells the king that he's seen the queen and Tristan in a hut in the woods. And that he should follow him and he'll be able to get his revenge on Tristan. Mm-hmm. So the Mar- King Mark tells him, hey, go up at the woods, wave at this red cross. Don't tell anybody that you know where Tristan and Isolde are and I'll follow you out there. Um, and he tells him that he'll give him as much gold and silver as he wants if what he tells him is true. So they ride out into the forest and they go right up to the hut where they're sleeping. And he tells the woodsman to leave. And he's thinking to himself, like, one of us is going to die if Tristan mm-hmm. wakes up. So he goes into the hut and he's watching them sleep. But between them, he realizes it's Tristan's sword. And right. he tells them he he knows that he can't kill them because what the sword between them means I mean, I wish he'd tell us what it means. Right. <laughs> but there's a beam of sunlight that comes in through the branches of the hut and it hits a soul right in the face. And so he stuffs the hole with a glove. Mm-hmm. And a soul at that point is having a vision in her dream. And in her dream, there's two lions in the woods that are fighting for her. She wakes up and the king's glove that he stuffed in this hole falls on her chest. And she wakes Tristan up and he grabs his sword to, like, she screams 
you know, and he wakes up to try to like fend off whoever is in the, whoever, whatever is in the hut. And he realizes that it's not his sword. King Mark has taken his sword, has taken Tristan's sword and left his own sword. He's also <gasps> put his own ring on a sword's finger. And they realize like, oh no, the king knows where we are. He so, was in here. He was in here. He was right standing right over Ugh. us with a sword. So they're freaked out. They think that, you know, he is probably going to come back with a lot more men. They're probably going to take us back and they're going to burn us at the stake like he was trying to right. in front of the entire kingdom. So they pack all their like meager belongings up and they flee towards Wales. So a few days Which, go by. Why the fuck didn't you run away and not stop moving? Like, why did you settle in a forest that your king can walk into? Yeah. Also, yes. Like what? If I was Just running, running, I would have been so far. Yeah. But away. then maybe it wouldn't be the tragedy. It would just be the running of way interesting in the soul. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but I don't. Sorry. No, I Fair agree. Enough. I agree with you. I no don't know story why if no we story. didn't have just, a tragedy. They lived happily ever after and didn't have to eat squirrels their whole life. They didn't stop moving. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's what I'm going to tell myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they are fleeing towards Wales and they come to the same realization that the king doesn't seem to have any interest in actually killing them. If he did, he had every opportunity, honestly, while he was watching them sleep and they decided that they need to make peace with him. <gasps> so they turn, I know, they turn around and they go to Ogren's house mm -hmm. with Gorbanal and they ask him to help and kind of intervene on their behalf, go to the king and offer peace. And Tristan will yield the sold back to him and Tristan will leave. He'll go to Brittany and never to return unless the king asks him to. So Ogren helps them compose this beautiful letter telling the king what they want to do, what their thoughts are. And Tristan and Gorbanel ride to the castle where Tristan, and it's at night, and he yells up to the king's window and he's like, hey, wake up. I got a letter. I got hey. something I got to tell you. But I am not going to hand it to you. I'm just going to lay it on the ground. And then he runs away. He runs back into the forest. Him and Gorbanel get it. I tail it back to or yeah, yeah. Ogren's house. So King Mark gets this letter and he reads it and he calls all of his barons and he tells them, listen, I was just woken up in the middle of the night by my nephew leaving this letter on the ground. I had to get up, go get it. And I want you guys to listen to it and tell me what you think. So he reads in this letter and Tristan tells him like, hey, I killed that dragon and I was able to claim a soul's handed marriage for you. And they gave her to me and I brought her to you in good faith. You guys have only been married a little while. When these felons, and he's talking about the barons, made you believe their lies and you got so angry and you wanted to burn us without a trial. And we got lucky and I was able to jump off this cliff and make it safely to the ground. And I was able to save the queen who you, if I can remind you, gave to lepers. And we ran off into the woods because what else were we supposed to do? I can't just bring her back to you because you wanted me dead or alive. So I can't like come out and give you her right because you want me dead right so he says that he will fight anybody that he wants and if he can't prove that he's right through combat he can kill tristan and burn him but if he wins you have to take a sold back and i'll leave and you'll never see me again unless you ask me to to come back and serve you right. so if you don't take one of these offers 
I'm going to take Isolde back to Ireland, and she's just going to be queen in her own land. So they're talking, and the barons decide, like, yeah, you should take the queen back, and Tristan can basically go get fucked. He can just, yeah. you know, he can he leave. Can get out of here. It doesn't matter. Like, if he's this is not exactly around. what we wanted. Right. Yeah. Yep. This is exactly what we wanted. It doesn't matter where he goes as long as he's not here. Right. So he agrees. They write a letter and they go out to the woods again to this red cross and they hang the letter and they find the letter and they all decide that they've agreed on a date that they're going to like meet up and Tristan's going to leave and Assault's going to go with King Mark. So. <laughs> Tristan and Isolde are really sad. And Isolde tells Tristan, I'm really sad that we're not going to be together anymore. You should give me your dog tooth hold. <laughs> and every time I see him, I won't be sad. So here is my ring. I'm just going to give you a ring in exchange. And you're going to give me your dog, your favorite animal, <laughs> to remember each other by. So I'm pretty sure that Isolde gets the way better deal. For sure. Out of this gift exchange. For sure. Yeah. So the days go by, three days go by, and there's a bunch of people from court waiting for Tristan to bring a soul out to the king. And they come out of the trees and they're coming towards the king and they know that they're not going to be able to speak to each other for a really long time and probably never be able to see each other again. Yeah. And a soul actually starts to panic. And she's like, wait, hang on a minute. Will you please just stay here? Like, just stay in the area so that in case he isn't actually true to his word and wants to burn me at the stake that you can come rescue me. And he promised her, sir. He was like, if anybody mistreats you, I will come and rescue you. So the two parties meet and Tristan bows to the king and says, as I promised, here's the queen of sold. Please let me have a trial by battle. And if I lose, burn me. If I win, please let me come back and serve you. Nobody takes Tristan up on his offer. Nobody says anything. They all just look at him and they're like, see ya. <laughs> so Ugh. Tristan says the final goodbye to his sold and, and, in the story, it says in a soul's horror, she blushes. I don't know why that's such a big deal, but the king takes pity on her and he speaks to his nephew and he's like, you can't leave in what you have on. Like you're just in rags. And so he's like, go to the treasury, take some gold and silver and white fur and gray fur as much as you can carry and go buy yourself some new clothes. Yeah. Tristan refuses. He says, I'm fine how I am. I don't need your generosity. And he leaves. Don't need your pity. I don't need your pity. Yeah. <laughs> and he turns and leaves. And Isolde's just sitting on her horse and she watches him. And she actually stays there for longer than anybody else. And she's just watching in the direction that he goes. And she's she stares until she can't see him anymore. Yeah. So that night, um, there's a huge feast welcoming Isolde back to the castle. And Tristan's in the woods in a cabin hiding out waiting to hear from Isolde. So a couple of months go by. And everyone thinks that Tristan's in this far off land, like fighting for some distant king. And he's actually just holed up in the woods again. <laughs> hiding in the same goddamn he's woods. Hiding in the same goddamn woods. Okay. So back at Tintagel Castle, Mark's dealing with his the damn barons all over again. I know they just won't leave him alone. No. And so they come to him and they say, listen, you condemned the queen without judgment. That was wrong. But you know, you also acquitted her without judgment. And that's also wrong. <laughs> All your barons are pissed off again. And you need to talk to her and tell her that she has to say this whole thing is up to God's judgment. And since she's innocent, she can swear on relics of the saints and and hot iron. And Whoa. She's not gonna be, yeah. 
<laughs> and she's not going to, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute. And, but she's not going to be hurt because she's innocent and she's going to have God's protection. <sighs> King oh, Mark some fucking loses up. it. He's pissed. He stands up in the stirrups of his horses and he's like screaming at them. He's like, will you not leave me alone about this? Like Tristan offered you, like offered all of you battle to do battle, by, trial by battle. And you are all just miserable. I exiled my favorite and my only nephew for you all. Right. And now you're you're also, you get out of my land. Get out of my kingdom. I don't want to see your faces in court. I've had it. Sick of you. <laughs> yep. So they're like, well, all right. Our keeps are really strong and really well provisioned. And they're in the places that are not very easy to get to. So if that's how you want to do it, like, that's fine. And they turn their backs on him and they leave without saluting which is super rude. Yeah, it's your king. Okay. It's your king. Like, isn't it it's fucking treason? Blatant it's blatant disrespect. Jesus <laughs> so Christ. They've just had it. Everybody's had it with everybody else. So the king returns to Tintagel Castle and he goes up to his old room and, and she realizes that he's just in a terrible mood. And so he tells her about what these barons want. And so it's it's called the I, the ordeal of hot iron. So what they would, and this is a real thing, what they would make these people do is an accused person would carry like a flaming white hot iron in their bare, on their bare flesh. And they'd have to carry it for a certain amount of like paces without being burned to prove that they were innocent. It's terrible. Which is it's, impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. It's like, Yeah. It reminds me of all of any really messed up things that they did. In the witch season. trials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So a soul's like, no problem. Call him back. Tell him I'll clear myself. And, but you have to call King Arthur as well. And all of these other knights, because I need more witnesses than just you. I want more people to witness this because if, you know, they say that, oh, I didn't do this right. Or, oh, I, you know, was able to like, make it look like I'm not that I'm innocent when I'm not really innocent. I want more witnesses. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, so later that night, she, a sold sends her squire out mm -hmm. to Tristan to this hut. And she, he tells him, you know, this is a whole thing that's going on. A sold's going to have to go through this burning red hot iron ordeal to prove that she's innocent. And her squire tells Tristan to come dressed on the day that she's supposed to do this as a peasant and to be there at this time, this place, he returns to the queen and tells them that Tristan's going to be wherever she needs him to be. Okay. So the day of the ordeal comes and the boat comes to the shore and a soul's like, I can't get out of this boat with my beautiful gown. I'm not going to get my dress all muddy. And so the knights in the boat are like, hey, guy on the shore, come help your queen to the shore. Who is it? It's Tristan. It's Tristan. So she is in his arms. They get to the shore and she gives him some gold because he looks like a beggar and he's got a collecting tin. Mm -hmm. So Sold walks up the beach and in front of the tent of King Arthur, they have this really expensive cloth and all of these holy relics are laid out on this cloth. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure what exactly holy, re holy relics were. And they could be bones from like really important dead people. People. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, that had been sanctified. Sanctified. Mm -hmm. Made into saints. Yeah. Um, but they weren't always bones. Sometimes they would be their finger. 
or an article of clothing. Yeah, black. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so they have these all laid out. And so funny, holy relic always in my brain has been something gold and shiny yeah. and beautiful. Uh huh. I think that sometimes not, it might have been that, like if it was associated with that person. Yeah, but also not bones. But I, yeah, look, I swear on these old dusty bones. I swear. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. So Isold takes off all of her jewelry. She takes off this beautiful purple cloak she has, her gown that she was so worried about getting dirty, her shoes, and she gives them to all the poor people, and she's just left standing in her, like, nightgown. In her nighties. In her nighties, yeah. And all of these people start to cry because she they know what she has to go through. Mm -hmm. And Isold turns to them, and she says, Kings of Cornwall. My lords Gawain and Kay and Gimlet and all of you that are my warranters by these holy things and all these holy things of the earth. I swear that no man has held me in his arms save King Mark and that poor pilgrim that helped me from the boat. King Mark, will that oath stand? <gasps> with yes and God see to it. Assold says amen. She goes to the brazier and she pushes her hands into the coals and she pulls out this blazing white hot iron. She walks nine steps and she throws it aside and she turns around and she stretches out her arm in the symbol of the cross, puts her palms out, and she has perfectly white skin. <gasps> That's sneaky lady so smart so sneaky and everybody's stunned and they start whispering so tristan leaves and he goes back to his hut and as he gets there he realizes that it is time for him to leave he can't stick around like she's just cleared her name she's just cleared her name mm -hmm. and he can't hang out in the forest anymore like no. he just can't he's got to try to like get out of the <sighs> funk that he's in <laughs> yeah yeah, when I was reading that, I was like, you smart, sneaky woman. Oh. Love yeah, it. Yeah, and I loved that. And this poor pilgrim. And oh, this poor so pilgrim. So good. Because she didn't oh. lie. <laughs> yeah. She didn't she lie. lie. <laughs> so Tristan leaves, and he goes to Wales, and he serves this guy named Duke Jillian, who's really powerful. He's this really good guy, and he's super happy that Tristan's there. Mm -hmm. So him and Tristan become really good friends, but Tristan's just depressed. He's so sad. one day, he's so sad. So one day, him and this Duke, Jillian, are hanging out, and Tristan lets out this big sigh, and he's like, tell me what, what's the matter. Why are you so sad? <laughs> and so he, he says, I know what I'll cheer you up. Come with me. And takes him to his room, and he brings in this fairy. And oh. it's so cute. And he's like, this is going to make you really happy. And it's a little fairy dog. It's like, <gasps> like the thought of the cutest, like little fuzziest puppy, like the sweetest little dog ever. And around With its wings? neck. I don't know if it had wings. Maybe. I don't know. It's just this little fairy dog. Okay. But around its neck is this little golden bell and it has the sweetest sound. And he forgets about how miserable he is when he's Aww. with this little soft cuddly dog. He thinks, oh, you know, this would be a really great gift for a soul, but he doesn't want to just ask for it outright. Yeah. So, but because it's Ghislaine, Jillian Ghislaine, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> he doesn't want, <laughs> he, he loves this dog. It's like his favorite thing in the whole world. Right. So Tristan has to come up with a little bit tricky way to like get this dog. Yeah. So there's this giant. Ergen that's in his lands and he's like how 
what would you give the man that could get rid of this giant? And he's like, well, he could choose whatever he wanted because nobody's been brave enough to go out against this giant. So Tristan leaves. He go and he goes and finds this this giant's lair and they fight really long and hard. And Tristan overcomes him and cuts off his hands, oh, which man, is a good thing because he learned from the dragon, right? Putting the dragon tongue down his pants. And instead he takes the hand back and he's like, I killed this this Done. giant. I get to choose my reward. Give me the little fairy dog. And the Duke replies, take it. But in taking it, you also take away all my joy. Oh. <laughs> and Tristan's like, yep. And just takes the dog. <laughs> yeah. And he gives it to a Welsh barber. And he is charged with taking the dog all the way back to Tintagel Castle and into the queen's hands. And she's so excited. And she's so like she she tells everybody that it's from her mother. And she has this beautiful golden kennel built for the dog. And she takes this puppy with her everywhere. But she realizes that it's actually from Tristan. Yeah. And so she takes the little magic bell off of the dog's collar and throws it into the sea. Because if if Tristan has to suffer, then so does she. Oh, I know. Why? <sighs> I know. It's just ridiculous. So let's see. Um, so they're both miserable, right? They can't. Neither one of them can live or die without the other person. Like they're just depressed and miserable. And so he decides that Tristan decides that he is going to actually go off adventuring and try to get over this. And right. he actually travels through Germany into Spain and he, you know, he's traveling for two whole years and he doesn't hear anything from a soul. And he thinks maybe she's forgotten about me. So they eventually come to this land where, um, there's an evil count that's like destroying everything in the land. And Tristan finds out that um, it used to be the guy that is ruler over this area. It used to be, he used to be in his court and he wants to marry his daughter and the Duke refuses. And he decides that he's just going to destroy the countryside and make it to the castle. And he's going to kidnap her and take her away. What? So Tristan goes to this last keep that they're all stuck in and he is like, hey, I'm the king of lioness. The Mark of Cornwall is my uncle. I'm going to help you guys. And he goes in. So he goes into the keep with the Duke's son, who he actually becomes really good friends with. His name's Caherdon, I think is how it's pronounced. And he meets his mother and his sister. And he's like, this is my mom and this is my sister assault. <gasps> and they're weaving. And her, she is, it's beautiful. It's this white cloth with these gold threads all the way through it. And they call her a soul of the white hands. Tristan and Caherdon, they go out to their enemies and they start to just like ambush them. And they're starting to win this war. Okay. And one day they oversleep and they find out that their castle's been surrounded while they overslept. Mm -hmm. And they use this as the perfect opportunity. So they um, actually, they go out and they meet in battle. Caherdon and Count, his name is Riol, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he, they fight it out. Tristan and Riol fight it out. And he like smashes his head. It's him with the heads again. So he subdues him and he's crying for mercy and Tristan takes his sword and okay. they go back to the castle and the Duke's like, oh, my gosh, you've done this amazing thing for me. I want you to marry my daughter, Isolde. And Tristan agrees. Oh. Yep. 
So they get married. And that night, as Tristan's getting undressed and getting ready for bed, he tells a sold of the white hands, I guess I should say. Not that. His, not the assault. Not assault the fair. One. Yeah, not assault okay. the fair. He is taking off his clothes and his ring falls off and he remembers assault the fair. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I've betrayed my love. I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he tells assault of the white hands. In another land, he was fighting a dragon and he was close to death. And he made this vow that on his wedding night, he would actually spend the night in prayer and in silence. She's like, wow, that's so amazing. What an amazing vow. I'll stay up the night with you and we'll pray. And he is just feeling terrible. And his wife thinks that he's just this great guy. And really, he's pining for another woman. Which wow. is not his fault. I mean, really, it's not his fault. But still. None of it is. But no. A soul actually finds out that Tristan has married a soul of the white hands. And she is just heartbroken. And Tristan decides he's just more and more depressed. He's just sad. And he decides that he would rather die at once without a soul, the fair, than go one more day without her. So one night he just leaves. He dresses in rags and he just leaves. He doesn't tell, he doesn't tell anybody. He doesn't tell his wife. He doesn't, he just leaves. Yeah. He finds a ship that goes back to Tintagel Castle and he, he arrives and he pretends to be a fool. And they let him into the castle and he's before a soul and King Mark. And they're laughing at him because he's like saying these funny, weird things. A soul's just sitting there because she's just miserable. And the king asks Tristan what he seeks. He flat out just says like a soul. She's who I love. And a soul gets angry. She's like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a cruel joke. He tells her like, do you remember the dragon tongue I shoved down my pants and you healed me? And he tells her a couple other things, and she realizes, like, holy crap. That it's Tristan. Tristan. Yeah. She stands up, and she's like, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed. Tristan ends up coming to her in the night. He tells her who he really is, and they kiss, and they – it says they spend the next three days together because the king had gone out falconing. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, they weren't discovered, but one of the maids was spying on them and told. Couldn't keep (sighs) Maids. I know. Damn it. She's so nosy. He has this like club around his neck on a string. I don't I don't know what that's about, but he is trying to get into see a soul and he's like waving his his club around at them. And so they think that he's mad and they run away because they're afraid because they think he's gonna like beat him up with this club. Right. And he takes the queen in his arms and he tells her that he has to leave and that his death is near. And she tells him to fold his arms around her so tight that their hearts might break and their souls might go free at last. I know. It's just heartbreaking. (laughs) He tells her that they have drunk all of the sorrow and joy. Their time is near. And when it is finished, he will call to her. And she says, if you call me, I will come. So on that really awful, sad note, Tristan leaves us old for the last time. He goes back to Brittany and he rides up to help Caherdin. And he's actually ambushed and he's wounded by a poison spear. Bunch of doctors come and no one can fix him. No one can help him. And he's just wasting away. And he becomes weaker and weaker and he's dying. And he has to see a soul one more time. So he calls Caherdin to him and he tells him everything. And he's like, We drink this potion. I can't live without her. And Caherdin like starts to cry. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to go back to Cornwall and I'm going to bring a soul to you. But what they don't know is that a soul of the white hands is standing outside of the door and she's heard everything. She's heard everything. We all know that hell hath no fury like a woman lied to. Oh, God. 
but she doesn't say anything. No. <laughs> so, and the story actually says, now a woman's wrath is a fearful thing and all men fear it. There you go. I agree. Yeah. There you go. Yep. She hides it. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't let on that she knows about this other assault. And she serves him food and she kisses, kisses his head and she like wipes the sweat from his face and she's really sweet to him. But she knows that one day she's going to have a revenge. So every day while Kristen, Tristan has the strength, he goes out to these cliffs and he watches for the ship with white sails because before Caherdina left, they agreed that if a soul would come back, he would raise white sails. If she didn't, they would raise black sails. Okay. So he's looking and looking and he gets too weak and he can't come out. A soul of the white hand comes into Tristan and she's like, I've seen Caherdina's ship. And he says, what color are the sails? And she says, they're black. And Tristan turns to the wall and says, I can't keep this life of mine any longer. He says the soul's name three times and he dies. <gasps> so they take Tristan's body out and they cover him with a shroud. So a soul finally makes it to shore and she comes on land and she, she hears a great moaning and bells. And she's like, why is everybody so sad? And the guy replies, we've suffered a great grief. Tristan is dead. No. She can't even speak. She can't say anything. She, she just, just made this huge journey. <laughs> she just made this huge journey oh. because she's the only one that can heal him. And a soul of the white hands lied to him. him and he died of a broken heart. <laughs> yeah. So she goes up to the castle and she finds a soul of the white hands crouched near his body because she's like lost it. She has gone crazed over what she's done. It totally broke her. And a soul of the fair like gets over to her and she's like, get up and let me buy him. I have more right to mourn him than you do. I love him more. Yeah. She's like, bitch. Yeah. Get away. <laughs> so she moves Tristan's body over a little bit. So she's able to lay down on him and she kisses his face and she gives him one last kiss on the lips. She lays her head on his chest and she gives up her soul and she just dies right beside him. And the grief of seeing Tristan dead was just too much for her to bear. And she dies. Yeah. Oh. So King Mark hears about the death of Tristan and a sold, and he comes all the way to Brittany, and he has two coffins built. A sold's coffin was hewn uh, was hewn from chalcedony, which I didn't know what that was. It's a type of quartz, which yeah. is usually jasper, agate, yeah. or onyx. So it's beautiful. <laughs> I I looked it up and I was like. I want a coffin like this when yeah, I die. Yeah, I want a stone <laughs> coffin. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so he has another coffin built for Tristan, hewn out of barrel, which is this translucent green stone. And he takes their body back to Tintagel Castle. And on the cliff side where Tristan jumped off the cliff, he has this beautiful tomb built for them. Oh. And in the night, there's this green, beautiful briar plant that grows up out of the ground. And it climbs up over Tristan's tomb climbs over to a sold and it starts to go down the other side so that it can put roots down but the villagers actually cut it back and they cut it back three times it grows up and over three times they're trying to be together right so they go to king mark and they're like why we've cut this back a couple times and he's like don't cut it back just leave it let it grow because he knew that tristan and a sold would be together in death as they tried to be in life that <laughs> that is the so, so tragic story of Tristan and Assault. I never cry over love stories. <laughs> Did that make you cry? 
and you got me. Excellent. Oh my God. It is sad. It's so sad when she lays down beside him. It's just, it's too much. Like, well, and the fact that she <sighs> is there, like she's on the shore. She's right she's there. there. And a sold goes to him and she's like, oh yeah, the sails were black and they really weren't. They were white and she was there and she <sighs> so could have saved him, but she had to have revenge and it broke her. Yeah. It's a very sad, it's wow. a very sad story. Had no idea, and I'm sorry I made you cry. <laughs> that was a good one. You but I also, me. I'm actually really pleased with myself. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna I'm cry. Not gonna I cry. got choked up a little bit too, and I was and like, oh, like, keep it together. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Now I'm gonna be all nasally for my That's okay. episode. That's all right. <laughs> I am sorry. It is such a good love story, though. It's so it's tragic. So, it's, it's like my favorite. Giants and dragons and like it's yeah. just the perfect. And there's so many times when like nobody wanted them to be together. The awful barons didn't want them to be together and the king didn't yeah. want them to be together. And... I love that King Mark finally came around, though. Mm-hmm. Sadly, like at like the too end. late. But right. he was like, but... no. He put them together and made sure that their flower, like that Tristan's plant could grow over his tomb and over Isolde's tomb so that it could put down roots on the other side so that they would be together. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that was emotional. It was emotional. (laughs) Um, Thanks for that, Haley. I asked for a love story. You asked for a love story, and I just gave you what you wanted. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Much better than the terrible movie that was made. I never saw it. I never saw it. I mean, it it wasn't that deep. No. No. Yeah, this is a pretty long. It's a lot longer than I thought. I felt so. I haven't seen the movie in a long time, and I felt like it was just like. Oh, this family was against this family, and then these two people fell in love, and they're not oh, supposed to be in love. Kind I mean, of like Romeo is, and Juliet. It's it's essentially star-crossed lovers. They're not supposed yeah. to be in love, no. right? Mm-hmm. And so – No. And I don't know, like, I really – if anybody out there knows what – because I tried to look up, like, what the sword between them means. I yeah. don't know if that means that they never actually slept together. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. It makes me think because she, because if she didn't, she wouldn't have had to lie or mm-hmm. have him pick her up at that ceremony. Right. So I think maybe it's more just like if we're ever found. Maybe. Right? Yeah, I'm not sure. This is our virtue if anybody maybe. sneaks into yeah. our hut and sees yeah. us sleeping. <laughs> because she has the whole thing with her maid, Brangain, that she like makes her sleep with the king on their wedding night because mm-hmm. of the blood on the sheets and all of that because – she wasn't she a virgin. Was banging him, yeah. well, maybe she just didn't want to be with Mark. I don't yeah. know. I yeah, I'm not sure. There's different ways that could be For you sure. know, interpreted. But anyway, that's the story of Tristan Nestled. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, well, that's really good. <laughs> good. I'm glad you liked it. Switching gears. Tell me a tale. Tell me a happy tale or a scary tale. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, not. It's definitely the latter. Is it scary? Yeah. Yeah. 
Excellent. We're today we're talking about Bannock State Park Ghost Town <gasps> in Montana. Oh, yeah. So nice. Um, yeah. I'm gonna give you the history and background of the town before we talk about anything paranormal or out of this, out of the ordinary. So, this area in Montana was originally the traditional hunting land of the Shoshone, uh, Salish, and Bannock tribes, uh, mm-hmm. Native American tribes. So, this is actually how they get the name Bannock. But when they submitted the name for the town, they spelled it wrong. Oh. And so it's Bannock instead of Bannock. Um, mm-hmm. So in 1862, John White, I don't know who John White is, but he's a part of the story for briefly <laughs> because he discovers gold near Willard's Creek. And Willard's Creek was actually named during the Lewis and Clark expedition. So oh, okay. John decides to rename it uh, to Grasshopper Creek. So Grasshopper Creek is the goes next to the town bannock, right? And this is where mm-hmm. everybody's mining for gold. So at this point in time, um, there, like, news spreads quickly because this is the gold rush and st- also the Civil War still. So news spreads pr- quickly that they have found gold in this area in Montana, and it's actually not even Montana, but we'll talk about that in a second. And this town is established by John White. The town goes from 400 people in 1862 to the spring of 1863. There were 3,000 people. Holy crap. Who moved out. So it's like it explodes with people. Everybody brings their families. Um, There's different neighborhoods because it's still the Civil War. And so um, there's a neighborhood near the town that's called Yankee Flats. So that's where like people who – were Yankee or Northern? Oh, sure, they were all sympathizers. Like, were yeah, they were like they their established own kind of their own kind of community. Yeah, gotcha. That's a lot of people though that like yeah moved so, into an area. Wow, we yeah. So everybody's trying to get their hands on the gold, and so um, so this territory is actually um at the time it was Dakota territory. Oh, huh. And then it w- had kind of just shifted into being I- actually Idaho Territory. So that's like it's first established as Idaho Territory. And then Sidney Edgerton moves out there because he is kind of the one who's looking over that land and he's named the governor kind of of the territory and decides that they really need to have because this town is booming, booming and bringing in so much gold, which helps the Civil War costs kind of thing. He's like, we need to have our own state or our own territory, because not state, but territory established around this. And so Bannock is actually the first capital city of the Montana Territory. Oh. So all of this gets established. That changes later because mm-hmm. um, I think Virginia City has a bigger gold rush a few years later so it didn't stay the mm-hmm. the capital very long but it was it was the first established city um so during the time of the gold rush there was about five hundred thousand dollars worth of gold that was mined at the time holy cow that's 12.9 million today wow yeah so it was they they did pretty well really well wow Um, and i guess a lot of the citizens instead of like 
cashing in that gold because mm -hmm. the American dollar wasn't as established. They would just pay with cur their currency as gold. So that all the counters of the stores Holy would have cow. little scales and you just Holy drop cow. your gold nuggets to pay for your groceries. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, it was wild. Wow. So let me pull out my gold nuggets. <laughs> yeah. And it was like $18 per ounce, I think. And or some, I believe that was it. Is that um, a lot? And then I don't I, know. It doesn't. Ooh, I might be making that up. I think it was 26. Yeah, it was $18 per ounce. So you could go and you could make, you know, like 18 to $50 in okay. a day of mining. Okay. And that's like up and to $300 today. Yeah, I was going to say back then that was probably worth, I mean, $300 a day is really good right now. It's Yeah, it's a good amount of money. So, yeah. you know, people were doing fine. Um, so there's quite a few buildings around the, the area of Bannock shops, convenience stores. Um, there's a schoolhouse that was actually built by the Freemasons mm -hmm. and the bottom story of the building is the schoolhouse. And then the top story is actually the Masonic temple. So they, and so they like brought the schoolhouse but then they also use as the masonic temple and they mm -hmm. actually still host an event the first weekend in september every year at this schoolhouse what yeah that's crazy even though and wow. no one's lived in the city since i think it was 1970 is when it, it was around for about a hundred years and it mm -hmm. was established in 18 1862 and so once wow. it all dried up everybody kind of abandoned it and so it's an abandoned ghost town now yeah uh, but they still, Freemasons still hold an event there every year in September. Wow. I was like, okay, cool. Shh. Why? I mean, that is kind of cool. I mean, I it's just, cool. I mean, I don't know why, but. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Whatever. I was sure. looking at their website and they have pictures of like how the area flooded in 2013. And so mm -hmm. they like went and did a cleanup effort and they have photos mm -hmm. of that. And so like they're kind of, they help, it looks like they help kind of preserve at least the Masonic that's Temple, cool. if yeah, not that's the really other cool. parts of the yeah. ghost town. So, um, huh. yeah, the other, like, the other, like, kind of historic location is the Mead Hotel mm -hmm. and Mead. Mm, ew. Um, so, it was actually built <laughs> as a county courthouse. Um, oh. And it was meant to be really kind of grand because mm -hmm. it was the capital for a minute. So they're like, okay, this is the courthouse. This is where people are going to come. This, you know, it was kind of meant to be a little bit out of place because yeah. everything else is log cabin structure. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this is like full on spiral staircase yeah. going up to the top floor kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So after about two or three years, though, that's when the capital changed and the courthouse was no longer needed and it was actually abandoned. Oh, so it was bought by the Mead family, I think about 10 years later for about $1,200. Mm. Uh, $1, wow. And they renovated it, put on an ad addition to make it a full-blown hotel. So, mm -hmm. um, And they put a kitchen in and whatnot. So this one, yeah. So that's a hotel. During the gold rush, the biggest one of the biggest problems with the gold rush was that there was so much crime associated with the gold rush. So oh, where yeah. you have people literally finding money mm -hmm. in the it's, ground, it's much easier 
to steal the money from the people and kill them mm-hmm. than do the work that all these people are doing. Like that that one story in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs when that guy's in the valley and that he's done all that work to find that like gold vein and he finds it and the guy fucking ambushes him. That made me so mad. Yeah. I was so mad. Oh. I don't know that I've seen that movie. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's actually really good. Um, It's kind of like a whole – it's a bunch of different stories like all put together that are kind of – um. I guess kind of in that time period. Yeah. It's good. You'd have to watch it. You might like it. Um yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, uh, <laughs> and so one of the gangs that was associated in this area was they were called the road agents. And they were actually highway robbers and they would stop people leaving the city. So like once they've made their money and they're le- headed back to wherever they're headed, they would rob them blind. What a bunch of jerks. And yeah, so this is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so then to combat this, and I did see on the Freemason website that they might have been involved in this group as well. So they oh. um, established a vigilante chapter. Okay. In, and which is this vigilante chapter is known in all sorts of other regions. So mm-hmm. there, it wasn't just a group randomly in this space. It was all around a lot of different places because this is going on wherever the gold rush is happening, right? So yeah. um, the vigilantes then have taken upon themselves to create any kind of justice or order. Um, and there was it was said that there was like one, I don't know if this was murders happening or vigilante hangings, but there was an eight-month period where 108 men died. Holy cow. So just from like, Either people being murdered or, you know, being hung by whoever was taken yeah, upon themselves. Right. So this is like in comes Henry Pl- Plummer. He is a known murderer who oh. was supposed to serve about 10 years in prison and only end up serving one year in prison. Um, probably white, definitely white, but that's not the point. <laughs> um and he gets to the town and he's like, he is not interested in panning for gold or doing that kind of work. But he's like, okay, I'm going to be sheriff. Like, I'd like to be. So he puts his oh, name. Oh, shit. No. He puts his oh. name in the ring to be sheriff. Oh, my God. After, also, like, to another thing, after very publicly killing someone else. Oh, while yeah. He's in Bannock. So, they're, so, wild. so it's not like the people who put him into power are ignorant of this. Mm-hmm. Like, he then murders somebody else. Yeah. So. He's Henry, probably just a really scary Henry dude. Potter's and they were like, just All not right, a whatever. good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So the vigilantes end up catching one of the road agents, and his name is Red Jaeger. And he, they finally, they're like, they get it out of him. They're like, you need to give us the names of the other road agents, and mm-hmm. we won't kill you. We yeah. won't hang you. Mm-hmm. I think he ends up dying anyways. But um, he, gives them their names and he's like okay I'll give you the other names of the gang members and the other gang members were the two sheriff deputies and none other than Henry Plummer himself jeez so they end up hanging all three of these men (gasps) the vigilantes take this you know and they capture him and then they they hang him that's the the end of it yeah (laughs) they're like nope sorry not about it. So 
this is the background of this the town, the story, you know, like wow. That's what's going on. Okay. It's a pretty rough place. Yeah. Yeah. Rough Definitely. is rough is um the best description I can come up with. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the next step above rough is. <laughs> yeah. Rough is rough is fine. It's rough good. Is, yeah. It's good okay. because there are also like the schoolhouse is full. Like there, there's a lot going on where people are kind of thriving, but sure. then there's also a lot of crime along mm-hmm. with that. So, yeah. um, so let's talk ghosts. One of the most popular ah. ghost stories in the town is of Dorothy Dunn, and she actually works at the Mead Hotel. And okay. one day, her and her friend and her sister, it was hot August summer, they decide to go swimming in Grasshopper Creek. And so they were swimming and they are actually in a dredge pond, which is where they like there's a conveyor belt that goes in the pond and pulls up dirt. So then mm-hmm. they can check for gold in that dirt as it goes yeah. back into the water. So that's okay. constantly pulling. And something I don't quite know what happens, but she oh, gets no. trapped in that oh, pond. No. And a uh, 10-year-old boy is walking by, and he's able to save the other two girls, but he's not able to pull oh, Dorothy out So, no. um, in time. So she, yeah. they pull her out. They bring her back to the Mead Hotel. They're trying mm-hmm. to revive her with no luck. And so she ends oh. up dying. She's only 16 years old. Oh, no. Um, so a lot of people who have seen her usually see her in a blue dress, and so she's known as a girl in blue. Mm-hmm. And so she's seen around the Mead Hotel a lot is where her sightings are. Um, so there's a ghost adventures episode on this town as well. And so I watched that too. Love ghost adventures. Um, and (laughs) the Mead hotel is one of the kind of the more hot spots. Um, Okay. So there's a voice, um, they're using a spirit box, which is like radio frequencies that then the spirit can use to say words. Um, so the voice says hurt and hate. Oh, um, to Zach, and it's like ugh, super creepy. Yeah. Um, and then there's knocking and orbs in various buildings across um all of them. The schoolhouse, there's one where they're recording it, and there's like a tapping on the desk. Oh, and then they put their light response system yeah. in there, and the same tapping happens with that. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Oh, this gets yeah, so much that's, better. It's a little, uh, this gets so much better. You're going to freak out. Okay. Um, and then the other one is they are recording video and audio in the saloon and you can hear old timey music playing. <gasps> and it was like, no. Oh, oh my gosh. That is wild, man. The orbs. I don't know why, but the orbs always freak me out so much. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But now I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm ready. Because my friends who wish to remain nameless visited (gasps) Bannock State Park. Shut up. In the summer of 2019. Shut up. Oh, my God. Okay. Tell me everything. And I interviewed them about their experience. Oh, my God. All right. Awesome. Okay. Lay it on me. But for – Podcast That's purposes. bananas. Sarah and Eli, these names have been changed. Um, <laughs> we're on a trip in summer of 2019, and they're and they were doing a road trip just around the US. And their last stop on their road trip was Bannock State Park. So 
they were walking around checking out the old schoolhouse. Um, and Sarah said the whole town was really eerie. She was not really interested in staying in the buildings very long because it was super creepy. Um, And they went into the schoolhouse in the Masonic Temple. You can't walk in there. It's all kind of plexiglassed off. Sure. So you can Mm -hmm. see it, but you can't actually go like Mm -hmm. in outside the hallway essentially. Yeah. Um, And so they went up to the Masonic Temple. She looked around. She's like, oh, I'm done. Like this is – Yeah. We're good. She left and Eli stayed up there for a couple more minutes and whatever. They walked down and they decided to head out and they drove home that night. So Montana to Washington, probably 10 hours, 12 hour drive, maybe. Sure. Drove straight home. So by the time they get home, they're ready for bed. They're done. They're tired. Both of them are kind of on the edge of sleep, but stirring. Something fell off that night. You know, Eli couldn't fall asleep. So Sarah flips over from where she was facing and she faces the door and she glances at the door and there's a man standing no. in their door no staring at no. her Eli in bed oh my god she shoots up and she's on the inside so Eli yeah. is in between her and the door right? right she shoots up stares at him and notices that he's in an all old timey suit and this top hat Fuck. and he slowly turns no. and walks down their hallway Eli notices that she sits up and he's like, what's wrong? And she said, once the man was out of the door, she looks at him. She said, there's someone in the house. Holy shit. And Eli grabs his knife to go check out and see what's going on and like turn the lights, checks everything. Nobody's in their house. Shut the fuck up. That's so gross. Ew. Oh my God. She explains what she saw, and she says, yeah, and he was in a top hat. And then Eli says, like the one in the schoolhouse slash Masonic temple. Oh, my God. And Sarah's confused because she's doesn't – she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what are you talking about? He pulls up the photos they took while they were there. And sure enough, on the desk in the Masonic Temple is a top hat. No. That she did not see when uh, they were there. So like it, she it followed him. Something. <gasps> it followed them. Oh my God. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess too, but oh either way, holy shit. Yeah. So in their house. In their home. Okay. This gets wow. worse. This gets worse. No, I can't handle anymore. (laughs) So I went, I just want to say, I went to visit them a few days later and I have a, I have a text from Sarah that I'll read and I totally believe in that shit. And I walked down that hallway and I was like, you are absolutely not welcome here. Get the fuck out. Except I said it a lot nicer, but very firm. I was like, you're not welcome here. Right. You need to leave. Yes. This is no, not you. your space. You're not right. welcome here. So again, ghosts not invited. Not invited. Um, no, thank and so, you. And they moved a few months later and they were thoroughly spooked. They were just – they still um, – she said she never slept the same. She oh, was my just gosh. Like, mm, well, no, no, you wouldn't. That's awful. Yeah. So um, I asked her – I was like – I asked what she thought he looked like. And mm-hmm. she said she could tell that there was an outline of the man, a man. And she said 
she thinks that her brain is filling in facial features Mm -hmm. because your brain wants to put face facial features into it right but she doesn't remember really seeing a face um and so i was like i always told her i was like i always imagine abe lincoln and she's like yeah (laughs) abe lincoln with glowing eyes so no his eyes glowed well that's what she doesn't oh, really that's think what that her she saw it, but that's okay. She, but she's okay. like, maybe oh, yeah. not what she saw. The just glowing eyes more... is Look. makes it a little bit scarier in makes her brain. It a lot bit scarier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but to make all of this worse, in the Ghost Adventures episode, they interview someone who visited the town, and they talked to him, and he was at the hotel. And he said he heard a kid in the building. And so he went up to the top of the stairs there looking around, right? And he felt someone push him so much so that he had to catch himself on the railing. And he, if he had been in the middle of the stairs, he wouldn't have been able to catch himself. Holy crap. They go home. Oh, no. No. Don't They say go it. home. Don't say it. After their visit. And he wakes up at 1 a.m. To his kid running around in the kitchen playing with something. And as he's standing in their kitchen, he has scratches along his back. His back starts burning. Oh, my God. So this shit followed them home, too. Gross. This episode was recorded in 2014. Yeah. So five years before my friends went on this trip. So Gross. Shit follows you home. Don't go there. Don't. Mm-mm. We're not going there. I was going to say, like, let's go there. Fuck no. that. We're not going anywhere. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I asked her, I was like, hey, I just, you know, one final question for you. You know, do you believe, did you believe in ghosts before this experience? And do you believe in ghosts after? She said, I think I'm definitely a skeptic and usually trying to rationalize away from just assuming ghosts. Uh, but she never ruled out the possibility. She said, I think I still feel that way now, but this was the first experience where I thought maybe it was a ghost and not just something like lucid dreaming or a trick of the light. She said the worst part was the feeling. Like Like seeing it is scary as shit, but there was just this pressure, like this feel, like for the rest of the night, like a thick presence hung over the house. I hated that. Yuck. Yeah. Dude. That's what I got for you today. That is terrifying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is bananas. I've never heard of this place. Wow. I – wow. No, and wow. I have pictures from our friends. Nice. Uh, and I have a yeah. picture of the top hat desk scenario. We'll have it, we'll have it on, on our, our Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yep. Holy but, crap. Yeah, that's Bannock State Park – and ghost town so is it known who that hat no i looked it up because i was trying to i did some digging on the freemason website because it was in the freemason building so i was like i wonder if this is one of the vigilantes or yeah you know someone who set up this chapter kind of thing i couldn't find any information on who that could have been i'm sure that there's probably information because like this place is kind of like a museum there's different plaques and whatnot of like who these people were and yeah so i don't know if it actually has the information on who that could have been yeah but maybe that's better not to know the one 
the instance, I mean, according to Zach Baggins, that they were like kind of saying that it might be Henry Plummer for the sure. situation with somebody following them home. Um, so I don't know if that's the same scenario with our my friends. Dude, that is wild. Yeah. That is just bananas. Yuck. So yuck. Black. It's so scary. What? That is so scary. I remember I had... them telling me that. And we would fall asleep there after drinking or something like that. I was like, no, we're not staying in this house. No, we're not staying in no. this house. See you later. Not a chance. Black. Wow. Yeah. Good job. Gooseys. Yeah. Triple gooseys. Triple gooseys. <laughs> I was giving myself chills. Like, yeah, oh, that Jesus. is bananas. Holy cow. Yuck. Wow. Good yeah. job. You're welcome. Look, you brought a love story. Sad love story, but a love story. And I, and I brought a ghost story. What's happening to us? Scared the bejesus out of us. No, it's fine. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ugh. Well, next week's our Valentine's Day episode, so I felt like I needed to balance it out. Oh, yeah, because you'll probably do something nice and sweet. I don't know if I'm going to do anything Valentine-like. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Come come join us next week and find out. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in today, you guys. We really appreciate you stopping and hearing. Hopefully, you guys cried with me. And if you didn't, don't tell me you didn't cry. Just lie to me. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for listening to us today. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, for all kinds of updates and storytelling and awesome things. Haley and I are going to do a live video on Instagram starting later this month. Yeah, we are. And that's where we'll do a Q&A. We'll talk about books. We'll do like kind of a mini episode, but anybody who wants to hop in and listen can say hi. And Anyway, so stay yeah, tuned for that. Love it. We'll post information on when to expect it, and you can always rewatch it too if you don't watch it live, but it'll be on Instagram. Every month we do a mistakes episode and correct the things that we don't get right and clarify things that we didn't know when we first did it. So if you heard anything in any of our episodes, please feel free to send us an email at morethemythspodcast at gmail.com, and we will include that in our ne next mistakes episode. Yeah, send us an email. Yeah. If you just want to say hey or hey, talk about this, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, suggestions are great. Suggestions are great because there's so many different topics that maybe, you know, you guys would know about, like this Bannock State Park thing. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So this is great. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify or Google or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, if you can just rate and subscribe, um, leave us a review, that would really help us out just give us a little bump and let people you know similar curious friends find us so they can enjoy our sultry tones in your ears in their <laughs> ears too <laughs> um and as always if you like us remember to tell your friends tell your family and tell your mom and all your cousins until next time stay curious bye, bye.